What's up, everybody? This is Matt Miller, Bleacher Reports, NFL Draft Lead Writer, and this is Stick to Football, and this is Mock Draft Monday number three, and I'm joined, like always on Monday mornings, my boy Mello sitting here in a Jets hoodie, which is weird nice, to look Mello. at. It, it happened. I don't know. The last time I was up there in New York, I left with a free Jets hoodie, so I wear the shit out of it. And Connor is in New York, probably also in a Jets hoodie, but we can't see I am him. in a Bleacher, a Bleacher Report hoodie representing Ooh. the brand real strong as we're, what, 10 days out. 10 from days finally. out. Yeah, and we, we were just talking before we started recording. We're all brain dead. It's just that time of year where we're writing scouting reports, doing radio, doing so many things and uh i'm just fried so today we're going to do a little bit different mock draft last week we did a two-rounder where we alternated as gms the three of us got together this week and thought let's just do a more of a what we think will happen mock draft and throw in some trades because that's one thing that always shakes up the first round especially and and in this draft where we do expect so many people to move up for quarterbacks there are going to be some trades so let's start it off guys Number one, Cleveland Browns, Sam Darnold. That's been the pick for us every time we've done this. I think every time that we've had a mock draft, Sam Darnold just seems like he's going to be the pick there. I know that Josh Allen has been rumored to be a favorite there also, but for me, I'm sticking with Sam Darnold. Yeah, and Josh Josh Allen would be the only other thing that would make sense here. Sorry, Connor, go ahead. No, I was just saying I'd rather be right than get creative, right? I mean, this is what we think is going to happen. We think it's going to be Sam Darnold first overall. Now... There is the uh, shot in the dark that Josh Allen could be the pick, but when all is said and done, this just seems like a lock to happen. Yeah, so let's move on. Here's where we project a trade. We have the Buffalo Bills uh, packaging pick number 12, pick number 22, pick number 53 to come up to number two overall to get their quarterback and the guy that we've heard. uh, uh, You know, I think I reported back in like September that they liked Sam Darnold. Everything we've heard since it's become maybe clear that Darnold won't be there, is that Josh Allen would be their guy. So at number two, Josh Allen goes to the Buffalo Bills. The reason I think it's Buffalo, and I think we maybe talked about this last week, was that there's the connection between Dave Gettleman and Brandon Bean uh, that makes this an easy move, and maybe even like a preferred move. If the Giants are going to trade out, they're going to want to help uh, you know, a friendly face, not just some random team. Right. And Buffalo has the picks to come up to number two and get it. Unlike some other teams who don't really have the picks or the need to come up to, they have to do something at quarterback. So this year they finally do it and they pull the trigger on Josh Allen at number two. Yeah. I think this one gets done. I really do. Um, I think it could cost even more than what we have though. We said 12, 22 and 53, I think it could cost both twos and probably a, another three or maybe both threes if desperation mode kicks in on draft night. If this one goes down that day, it's like, okay, the Giants held firm and the Bills did everything they could to come up, so it could cost even more picks than we projected here. Yeah, and so now your guys, New York Jets, are on the clock. Yeah, our New York Jets. <laughs> and number three, the trade they already made to come up. I have Josh Rosen going here, or we have Josh Rosen here after kind of collectively talking about it. Uh, I, it could be Baker Mayfield. It really could be. I don't think we can rule anything out at this point, but... I think our kind of instincts here were to go with Josh Rosen. That's where I would yeah, go that's, to. Yeah. Yeah. This is simple, right? Get the best quarterback in the draft and you know, the jets, uh, listen, it wouldn't shock. Like you said, Matt Baker wouldn't be a shock here, but if you had to pick one right now, this is what we think will happen. I, we think it's Josh Rosen. Yeah. And so now at number four, guess what? Another trade. We have the Miami dolphins doing kind of like what Kansas city and Houston did last year, packaging, uh, a future first rounder to go up and get their quarterback to move from 11 to four. 
they would give up a 2019 first rounder and, and would probably have to give up additional picks, maybe even like a third rounder to make this happen. But the Miami Dolphins have been very active in working out quarterbacks. Uh, they've been linked to all of them, either through a workout or a meeting. And this is where we have Baker Mayfield going. And, and one thing that I, I will throw out, I, you talk to people around the league, and one thing is coming back a lot is that Baker Mayfield is doing very well in the pre-draft process. And a lot of times we only get to focus on the negatives, guys who are hurting their stock. I, I think Josh Allen and Baker Mayfield have done both done such a fantastic job in the last three months of building their stock to where they are both going to be top five picks. I think that starts with the senior bowl. Both it does, of those yeah. guys going through that process, getting their name out there early and showing what they can do on the field, going to Mobile and doing that. Not a lot Not a lot of other quarterbacks in this draft did it. Like even Mason Rudolph, he sat out. Rosen couldn't do it. Darnold couldn't do it. So those two guys keep their name up there, and now they both get into the top five of the draft. That's a great point. I think when people see Baker Mayfield in person, too, they're so surprised at how strong and accurate that arm is. That was something that really jumped out to us down in Mobile, and I'm sure it's jumping out to a lot of teams across the board, which makes him a top five pick when all said and done. To a Dolphins team that will probably be kind of bad this year, so for the Browns to get their first for 2019 could be a really nice long-term payoff. Yeah, and one one other note. So if Cleveland didn't trade here, I think they would take Bradley Chubb if, if that's the way the board fell. Uh, just to get a, a big pass rusher, uh, a, he and Miles Garrett side by side would just be fantastic. Oh, so I, I think that's something to consider. So now we have Denver at five. Everyone in the world will tell you that the Broncos love Baker Mayfield. They've loved him since January when they petitioned to get him on the North roster at the Senior Bowl, and it worked. But he's not on the board for them here. I think John Elway has to, if he doesn't go quarterback, I think he has to play it smart and safe in this draft and actually pick someone who's going to be able to play because his drafts have not been good. Saquon Barkley was the pick we went with here. It's the best player available, and I think a low-key need for them. Well, and it helps out their quarterback. They can't go get a quarterback, so you might as well help out your quarterback, whoever it is. It's Keenum. Yeah, Keenum. Paxton Lynch is probably going to do anything there in the future. So go get a guy in Saquon Barkley that can help out your quarterback and your quarterback of the future whenever they have to find him. Yeah, well said. You invested money in Case Keenum. Uh, You take Saquon Barkley, and this isn't just for him to be a running back. This is for him to be an offensive weapon where he will really light it up in that passing attack with Keenum. Yep. All right. Number six, the Colts. We have them staying, taking Bradley Chubb, which is doesn't seem fair. I think another name to consider is Tremaine Edmonds, but they need pass rushers. They need speed at linebacker. And if Chubb is on the board, I think Chris Ballard makes this pick very, very quickly. And I think that's the scenario that they're looking for when they traded back to six was hoping that people are going to come up for quarterbacks and that Bradley Chubb, the guy that they've liked all along, is going to fall to them at number six. And in our mock draft, he does. Yeah, the day they made the trade, Chris Ballard came right out and said, we wanted to stay in the range of getting a premium player. And I think the guy he was mentioning really was Bradley Chubb. Yeah, and I, I do love man, Bradley Chubb. Uh, I, I finalized grades today, and I put a big old grade on him. He's a he's a damn good player. All right, number seven, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And, Connor, this is a pick that you have, have made recently in some of our mocks. We went Derwin James here. I think the need at safety is enormous. Uh, they, they could get a corner, but I, I don't think they would go for a smaller corner like Denzel Ward in the first round because of Vernon Hargraves already kind of being a similar type guy. Um, so Derwin James here to lock up that safety position. And, and you know, Chubb would maybe make some sense, but they traded for JPP. Uh, they've made some moves in the offseason to shore up the D-line. I, already, I like their linebacker core. I think it has to be. Quentin Nelson would maybe be the only other guy you would consider here. And they have some depth there at 
corner already. So getting a playmaker like Derwin James makes sense for him. Yeah, the Bucks get Pooh Bear here, right? I mean, that's our guy. Uh, I think it just makes. I think they would like his attitude, you know, more so. Yes, he's an amazing, amazing player that is fully healthy now. But I think you bring him, you know, a little attitude to that secondary that really does need it. So this is a great fit. Okay, let's move on. To Chicago number eight, a pick that we have all made so many times. It's it's like if he if Quentin Nelson is not a bear. I'm never going to know who he actually plays for because we've made that projection so many times that just to me, he's a Chicago bear. It it makes a lot of sense reconnecting him with his former college offensive line coach. It's a need for them. He could come in and immediately play left guard and and gives them with Quentin Nelson, Cody Whitehair and Kyle long. I really like the interior of that offensive line. Probably going to see them spread things out more now that Matt Nagy's the head coach and, and those guys controlling the middle really, really helps Mitch Trubisky. If Nelson's not there, then I think this is a spot you have to talk about Tremaine Edmonds, maybe Marcus Davenport. Yeah, or maybe even one of those safeties that they needed last year could go here. Uh, maybe you could even flip, give Derwin James. If Nelson isn't there, that's probably the guy who they're taking. I like that pick with Nelson, though, keeping Trubisky safe, just like you've said. I say it all the time. you got to go help out your young quarterbacks, and Chicago does it. They get the best linemen in the draft. Yeah, I think the uh, the only chance that it, it seems like, like like you said, Matt, Quentin Nelson's just a lock here. If Bradley Chubb goes before the Colts pick, I could see the Colts, you know, taking uh, Quentin Nelson to protect Andrew Luck and develop a power run game. Yeah. But this kind of seems to be his sweet spot week after week. It really does. And if as a Niners fan, if he's there at nine, uh, I want Quentin Nelson. But he's not, and he never is in these mock drafts. And so we're going to go with an old standby, Tremaine Edmonds. Uh, I, I, it's funny because I, I tweeted out today that, you know, I finalized grades and Tremaine Edmonds is someone I, I think everyone knows. That I'm a really big fan of his potential and his upside. And you'll get the guys who come at you and be like, he's the most overrated player in the entire draft. But I, I think if you look at, if you look at stats and not impact or athleticism or upside, it, it would be easy to have that opinion of him. I happen to think he's one of the, the, the most gifted natural athletes in the, in the entire draft class and someone with a monster ceiling. So as the resident Niners fan, I'm okay with this. I'm even more okay with it because Reuben Foster may or may not be in jail next season. Yeah, I like this pick too, just for projectability. He might not be the defensive rookie of the year, but what's he going to be in year two? What's he going to be in year three? He's a guy that can develop and turn into what they thought Reuben Foster was going to be on the field. Jeez. Yeah, I like Roquan Smith a little better than, a lot of better than Edmonds and even Rashawn Evans for what he could bring right now. But you guys said it, long-term, Edmonds has all-world upside, and the NFL values that in a different way than a lot of other people do. So this makes a lot of sense at the ninth overall pick. All right, number 10, Oakland Raiders. This is a dream scenario for them, and maybe a lot of fans are thinking, oh, you guys are going to take Roquan Smith. No, we're not. We're going to take Denzel Ward because they need so much help still in the secondary. Yeah, they need help in middle linebacker. I I think Roquan's a a very, very good player. He's probably a top 10 player in this class for me when it's all said and done, but I think you got to get a lockdown corner in Denzel Ward. Now you got that Ohio State secondary, but Gary and Conley, who hopefully is over the shin splints and can actually play this year, putting those two uh, on the outside would be a lot of fun. Yeah, we talk about defense here a lot with a guy like Roquan going here, or even we have Denzel Ward. I kind of fully expect the Raiders to just go off the reservation and pick like an offensive player. Just, Same. Oh, they'll Jesus. take like Calvin Ridley here and just <laughs> pair him up. Because it's John Gruden. Yeah. What they should do is take Mike McGlinchey here if they go offense, because their right tackle position is a it's a mess. But this is the yeah, Oakland that, Raiders. Yes. <laughs> 
Yeah, it, it definitely wouldn't shock me. And I think this scenario allows Oakland to really go into the second round and get some interior defensive line, whether it's a guy like BJ Hill or, you know, Nathan Shepard, somebody that can really stop the run for them. They don't have to take Vita Vea at 10. I know I, I've made that pick before, but I think they could find value on day two at that spot. All right. And part of our trade. Now the Cleveland Browns are on the clock at pick number 11. And we do have an offensive tackle coming off the board here. Mike McGlinchey goes to Cleveland. And I know a lot of people, uh, myself included, don't value him as the number 11 pick in the draft. But they need tackle help. They need both tackle spots unless you believe that Sean Coleman's going to develop into a a, a serviceable starter. Uh, McGlinchey, we've talked about a lot. He's probably only a right tackle. I do think in some schemes he could play left tackle and be a Taylor Lewan type guy. And uh, once again, like we've said with quarterbacks, all season long, the value of the position is going to elevate guys up the board. And I think that's going to happen to Mike McGlinchey when we get to the first round. And they have a huge need. And if they're going to trade back here, they just lost one of the best offensive tackles to ever play the game. That's a huge hole for them right now that they have to fill. So they have to get it right here at pick number 11 with McGlinchey. Yeah, I think you pointed out the key, the key fact here. Both of you guys did. But Matt, going back to your point about, listen, he, there could be a little bit of a reach. I think McGlinchey's a second round kind of graded player. But in a weak offensive tackle class where there is a need, there's a really, really good chance he goes top 15 now. And like Mello said, listen, you lost Joe Thomas and this offensive line is still pretty good. You just add to it. You plug and play here. He's he's not going to be Joe Thomas. No one will be, but he can definitely be a very serviceable starter. Yeah. And another trade. So we have the New York Giants on the clock at pick number 12 uh, because that that move back that we projected with Buffalo. And when we were talking about this pick, Connor, I said, this is Dave Gettleman now. I think it's Roquan yes. Smith because it, Jerry Reese never valued linebackers oh, yeah. ever. He loves athletic linebackers. Isn't this that's a perfect exactly fit? What he gets here. Perfect fit. Someone who could play inside or outside linebacker uh, could play weak side. Uh, I love this pick. Such a good pick for a team that has neglected that position. Um, and, and so now you have Al Ogletree and Roquan Smith. That's a damn good linebacker core behind a pretty good D line. If those guys can just actually play well this year. Yeah. One of our listeners a couple of weeks back asked, what should the Giants do if they want Roquan? And I said, trade back. And it just so happens that in this scenario, that's who we have them taking. Love it. And, yeah, this seems to be his sweet spot. And, you know, Matt, you said this when we were all talking about this pick. I forget the player that I threw out and you were like, don't forget, they like the Gettleman likes the athletic linebackers and Roquan's right on the board for the taking there, even though they got Al Ogletree. Roquan Smith's a different kind of linebacker, so this complements him really well. And now the Giants, you look at that front seven, you're going, okay, this is, you know, this is something to work with right here to really shut down the run with speed. And that's a defense that played very well not too long ago. You throw in a guy like Roquan Smith in the mix, and they might be the best defense in the NFC again. Yeah, no joke. All right, 13, Washington. It's They have to go, I think, secondary. I know we've said Vita Vea maybe is the, the spot for them. Maybe Darius guys, but I think Minka Fitzpatrick, who's somehow still on the board here. Uh, and and we could talk a little bit about that, why he's still there. But I think for Washington, he would come in and be uh, a day one starter at safety. Now, Minka being on the board is a little bit about positional value. Um, there was talk, you know, a couple months ago, but he's like, oh, no, he's an outside corner. Well, he's not. He, he doesn't have the hips for that. He doesn't have the length for it. I don't think he's an over the top free safety. He's probably a strong safety. And like we saw last year, you know, Jamal Adams, I thought was one of the best players in the draft. He fell to six because of his position. This year with all the quarterbacks going early, it pushes Minka down. Yeah, and I love Minka and what he can do and how versatile he is. And that's what the Redskins need. He's like the the better Sua Cravens. Yeah, yeah. Who's not going to quit. When, 
When we put Derwin James here a couple weeks ago, some of the fans were not happy because like we have safeties, but Minka is a different kind of player where he could play so many different roles. He could play that slot corner spot. He could play strong safety. He's great coming downhill. He's great blitzing. He's a he's a guy you want to match up against tight ends and running backs. So this is a chess piece for you, Washington, and one that really makes a ton of sense here. Especially in the NFC East, like with you know, the Eagles and their targets oh, yeah. that they have. Yeah. Matching him up with Zeke out of the backfield, Jason Witten, Ertz in Philadelphia, and it makes yeah. sense for the Redskins. Yeah, and the Giants. I mean, you got you're gonna have to cover Evan Ingram and, and Sterling Shepard, and it is a very good matchup. All right, uh, fourteen Green Bay Packers. They need to edge help. We went with Harold Landry here. I think you could also say Marcus Davenport. You kind of pick your poison, wh- whichever of those guys you like. But they definitely need to improve in the pass rush department. Yeah, and so they're gonna get one of the best here, probably the best true edge guy because Chubb is kind of a more of a true defensive end and yeah. edge guy. But Harold Landry here was one of our top prospects coming out of the summer, and now the Packers get him at 14. Yeah, just getting hurt this year killed him, but he's I think he's having a rebound. Yeah, he's Vic Beasley to me, and I think the yes. Packers need that off the edge. So if, if you're telling me, hey, you get Vic Beasley 14th overall and it's a need, done. Signed off. Easy. All right, first surprise. I hope everybody's ready for this one. The Arizona Cardinals at 15. We went quarterback, Lamar Jackson. You can't fucking tell me that Sam Bradford's going to stay healthy all year. There's uh, no way. Don't worry. There's great help on the way behind him and Mike Glenn. <laughs> yeah, right? Which is <laughs> yeah. why we went quarterback. They go polar opposite here at quarterback and take a guy that can actually move. <laughs> yeah. Because behind that offensive line, you're probably going to have to have the ability to scramble. Yeah, and Lamar can do it. I know that it's funny. This became the podcast that everyone thought, like, hated Lamar Jackson. And I don't, I'm in my cave. I'm not consuming a lot of other media. I feel like we're the only ones right now saying, hey, he's going to be a first-round pick, and now we have him at 15 overall. Yeah, a lot of people have him even falling after all the agent bullshit and everything. A lot of people have him fall into that second round. I mean, this goes back to what you said uh, earlier in the week on the show, Matt. You were like, Lamar Jackson's going in the first round. And it, with the need for quarterback and with all those teams scrambled in the middle of that round, he's probably going to find his way into the top 20, 25 picks. So it, it wouldn't shock me to see someone get very aggressive and go ahead of Arizona or Baltimore and take him, it wouldn't shock me. After all, we've talked about him potentially sliding. It seems like he's right in the middle of this round again, which locks in five quarterbacks in round one. Yeah, yeah and, and the Redskins and the Packers are the two teams in front of them. They could move back and still get oh, a yeah. solid pass rusher that they need. Yeah, that's a good point. All right, uh, 16, another one of those picks that it just feels like this guy already plays there, Calvin Ridley. Wide receiver Alabama going to Alabama North under Ozzy Newsom in Baltimore. Best route runner in the draft. Not the biggest guy, not the fastest guy, but he is just smooth. And uh, yeah, he had some drops, but I think that the, the, the Ravens, if they don't get someone like Lamar Jackson at 16, they got to load up. And they, they, we've seen them mismanage free agency, in my opinion. This would be the smart move. I just feel like you're going to be heartbroken if Calvin Ridley isn't a Raven. It's going to be weird, even though you don't really you're not a fan of either one of them. But you just always have Calvin Ridley there. I think you're actually just going to be like, what the hell? If he doesn't go to the Ravens draft night, you guys are going to have to just give me a beer. If someone else gets picked here, (laughs) you're not even going to know what to to say. say. Yeah, they should say going to get picked. And then you're just going to start talking about Calvin (laughs) Calvin Ridley. Sims and Lefko are going to have to be like, no, Miller, that's, that's the wrong guy. They did take someone else. (laughs) This goes against the grain of the Baltimore receiver. Like this is not an upside kind of projection pick. We know what Calvin Ridley is. He's one of the older first round prospects in this draft. He's a great route runner. He's reliable. He didn't get the ball a lot because Jalen hurts. Can't really throw the ball, 
that well. And when it comes down to it, this is, you know, a nice, steady, almost a safe pick for Baltimore at something that's still an area of need. All right, we are back on the clock with the Los Angeles Chargers at pick 17. And we went offensive tackle, help Connor Williams uh, come in. I I still think he's a left tackle. Some people think he's a guard. I think we're splitting Harris. He's a really good offensive lineman. He's going to be a starter in the NFL. One other name I would throw out there would be, this could be the spot for Vita Vea. That run defense has been bad. And putting him in the middle with Melvin Ingram and Joey Bosa and Corey Legit on the outsides could make this uh, one of my favorite front sevens in the NFL. It's also a spot I could see Mason Rudolph coming off the board. No joke. Probably just because I actually like Rudolph, but what are the Chargers going to do? Are they going to load up at left tackle? Are they going to go defensive line or take their quarterback of the future? The Chargers have somehow become a sneaky mystery team in this draft. Yeah. As you kind of just alluded to, Mello, we really don't know what direction they're going to go. Are they going to try to ride this thing out with Phillip Rivers and get him a lot of help with an offensive line that, if healthy, could be really, really good? Or are they going to start looking towards that future to really set the tone in L.A.? And I think I've said this before on the show, but I, one thing I heard last year was that Rivers was like not real excited about the whole quarterback yeah, of the future situation. Just like him saying, no, you're not taking a quarterback. Yeah, and then they do anyway, and he retires. Yeah. So I could totally to see 17 that. children. Yeah. <laughs> All right, 18 God. Seattle Seahawks. This is another popular pick for us. Josh Jackson, the corner from Iowa. This is his where his value is at. He so perfectly fits their scheme uh, with his size. Uh, ability to to trail and his ball skills. I, I think his technique is is really, really good, and they need another starter opposite Griffin. Yeah, this is a pick that we've talked about just over and over again, kind of like Ridley to the Ravens. It's just he fits in too perfectly, and they have too much of a need for him to slip by him. Ball skills for days with Josh Jackson. He's a guy, if you even, you know, you let him play off or everything's in front of him, and I know Seattle will obviously do a lot of kind of press bail, but when you look at Jackson, he's just a guy, it's going to translate to the next level as a ball hawk. And I think Seattle realizes that with the Richard Sherman era over, we'll see what the future is with Earl Thomas. This is kind of the way to reset right here with this pick. Yeah, and they, gosh, Seattle's such a weird team, too, because they've been so good, but I don't trust their front office. It's like anymore where I used to think they had one of the best front offices in football. Now you see their moves and you're like, what are you guys doing? Yeah, so lately, yeah it doesn't make any lately sense. Lately, they haven't had the hits on draft picks no. like they're used to. Yeah, makes you wonder. All right, 19 Dallas Cowboys. This is where the Marcus Davenport fall stops for us. And I, I think one thing that, that we can take a second to talk about is that he is a pass rusher who's an athletic freak. And I said it with Chicago. He could come off the board at eight and it wouldn't surprise me. Yeah, not at all. But to he could also teams, fall to 19 or 20 and it wouldn't surprise me because he is exceptionally raw. He tested his numbers are comparable to Jadevian Clowney, but he didn't have much production at UT San Antonio. So it's a little scary. I think in Dallas, they do have some very good pass rushers to Marcus Lawrence. Got the franchise tag. They signed Coney Ely, who's a good you know, kind of third pass rusher. Taco Charlton in the first round last year didn't do much as a rookie. I think Davenport fills out that and gives them a really, really high upside guy. He gives them more athleticism on defense, and that's what they need more than anything. Just some guys that can fly around and hit the football, and that's what he does. Yeah, he reminds me of Carlos Dunlap when you look at Davenport, the build, the style, and what you can mold him to be. Now, one thing I do want to note here, I think it's kind of wise for Dallas. I like Cortland Sutton a lot, and I do think he has round one talent, but I don't think you need to take a wide receiver at 19 here, even with the release of Des Bryant. Yeah, that is a good point. I mean, they, they got Alan Hearns for a reason, and then the receiver depth is pretty good this year. So uh, I think you look at Dallas, you know, coming back around the, at pick 50, you could still get a, a guy who could come in and contribute. All right, 21, the Cincinnati Bengals. This is, 
I love this pick for them, which means it won't happen. We went late in Vander skipped, Esch. You skipped the Lions, oh, Matt. We skipped the Lions. <laughs> Sorry, Detroit. No one cares about you guys. I didn't want a bad iTunes review, but Thanks. actually, yeah. Oh, my God. True. We're actually going to talk about this team. My bad. I got excited about Leighton Vander Esch. 20 Detroit Lions. Darius Geis. This is a great pick. I think it fits the, the front office style. It definitely fits Matt Patricia's style of being a hard-nosed team. Put him, put him back there behind Matt Stafford, who maybe finally for once actually has a good running back. Well, yeah, if he had a good running back in a running game, there's no telling what he can do. And this is just a pick that we've talked about before. So I don't think there's much more that we can say about it. Oh, yeah, I mean, my take here is that for the fantasy football uh, crowd, I think Darius guys can really finish as a top five to eight kind of back next year when all is said and done. It's amazing how much he's been slept on, but he's got that workhorse ability and he's better as a pass catcher than he gets credit for. Yeah. Okay. Now Leighton Van Der Esch, the Cincinnati Bengals. And this is, like I said, a pick that they probably won't make because they just don't seem to value speed at linebacker, even though it's their biggest need. And Van Der Esch would not only set the tempo with, I mean, he's a very athletic middle linebacker prospect, but also just that aggressive style of play that he brings to the table, I think would be great for them, but they'll probably... I don't even know. They'll probably mess this up and, and draft a quarterback or something. Or another receiver. Yeah, I like Van Der Esch, though. He fits their mold of wanting size and an aggressive linebacker. We'll see if they actually pull the trigger on it. I could see them, much like the Raiders, just screwing this up and going wild card. Yeah. Drafting well, somebody's got, somebody's got to be on the field to play linebacker, and it's not going to be Vontez perfect <laughs> all the time. So uh, Leighton Van Der Esch, step right up. All right, 22, the New York Giants are back on the clock because of that trade we uh, threw in here with the Buffalo Bills. Uh, to refresh your memory, at 12, we had them taking Roquan Smith. Now at 22, we're going to address that offensive line with Isaiah Wynn. Uh, left tackle of Georgia. I think he probably kicks inside and plays guard in the NFL, but there has been some talk lately. Maybe he just stays at tackle. Um, he's a little bit shorter, but he does have good length, and he's a very good athlete. Regardless, they just need help on the offensive line no matter where you end up putting him. Yeah, that's another Dave Gettleman pick. Just going athletic linebacker and getting one of the best linemen in the draft. That's what the Giants need, and they've traded back and put themselves in a position to do it. I think this was my favorite pick of the entire draft that we did. When you look at value of where the pick is and the player and the need, when you look at the Giants, they lost so many interior linemen to free agency this year. They did do a good job of going out, getting a solder to play tackle, but when can play if Eric flowers is Eric flowers again, when can play tackle. And if you need a guard, he could be a very high level guard. So 22nd overall, this is just a, a really just a great pick for the Giants. Yeah. So uh, you probably expect him to play tackle. Yeah, <laughs> right. Yeah. I wouldn't yes. even be shocked. Uh, yes. If, if he gets asked to play center some, I wouldn't be surprised by it. Uh, he's just a, he's a great all around offensive line prospect. All right. 23, the New England Patriots, the team that has two first rounders and we're going Colton Miller here. This is one that you're going to see. I, I, you'll probably see it in my final mock draft as well. They need a left tackle. He's, we just talked about Nate Solder. This is his like younger brother. Yeah, basically, yeah. It's the same fucking guy. It's just exactly what they need. Shorter. Yeah, that's yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. And and someone that I know a lot of fans will hit me up and be like, this kid, this guy's not any good. Why do you keep having him in the first round? Because everyone's telling me he's going to go in the first round. That's why I keep doing it. And we talk about yep. position value too. Like Connor mentioned, these tackles are going to go up the board mm-hmm. because everyone needs them. You have to have a solid left tackle. So you're going to take a chance on a guy in the first round to see if he can pan out. It just feels like a guarantee New England's going to take a tackle with one of these two picks and a guarantee that they're not trading up to like two overall for a quarterback, which was just insane. (laughs) Always insane. Uh, Yeah. Got to get in front of those jets. Yeah. What a world. (laughs) Yeah. Right. Yeah. That would, I mean, it would suck for you so much, but it would be (laughs) amazing if that happened. If they traded up, eventually you're just defeated. Oh Oh, my God. Rosen and Tom Brady 
That's like the douchiest quarterback room in the NFL, right? <laughs> That's yeah, Jets. pretty fucking good, though. Yeah, that'd be pretty fucking good. Yeah, it'd be the richest quarterback room in the NFL, too. Oh, okay, man. at 24, we have the Carolina Panthers. And I loved this pick. We went Sam Hubbard, the defensive end from Ohio State. He fits like that kind of old school Panthers, strong side defensive end, you know, tested really, really well. Wasn't super productive at Ohio State, but I think some of that was scheme based. I love the way he plays, though. I, I do think he's a late first round pick. Yeah, I like that pick, too. And we're not going to get hate this week because we give the Panthers a receiver again. I like Sam Hubbard. And you oh, mentioned God. his production. They had so many guys on that defensive line that were trying to get sacks and trying to get tackles. You can just only get so many. Mm hmm. I, why do people have meltdowns about we do this every week? We're not like trying to ruin your life by making a pick that you <laughs> yeah, don't like. It's here. our like, educated it's not that, guess. Yeah, it's not that serious. But when you look at Sam Hubbard, I think he's one of the safest players in the entire draft. I don't think the the upside is all world. But in terms of late first round guys, I, I just think he's rock solid. He'll be really good shutting down the run. I think he's a very high effort pass rusher. Shocking. I know a white. Pass rusher, high effort, whatever. <laughs> high motor. Better at, Coachable. Better athlete than he gets credit for. So I like Would you pick. say he's deceptively fast? Uh, gritty, lunch pail, <laughs> yeah. yada, yada, yada. Coach yada. on the field, all of it. All right, 25, Tennessee Titans, Mike Vrabel's team. Uh, Rashawn Evans is who we went with here. I think fits that style of a uh, defense they're going to play. I love Rashawn Evans' versatility. I think some people see him and think, oh, he's an inside linebacker. But uh, he'll give you some pass rush. The other name I would throw out here, they have been linked to Arden Key quite a bit just in terms of time they've spent with him and I know we've talked about him of a guy who I think I had top 10 over the summer and then you know all his stuff you know leaves the team has shoulder surgery then he gets hurt once he comes back and his weight was all over the place if he's right then he's the kind of athletic freak they need coming off the edge but because it's such an unknown we went with the safer pick in Rashawn Evans yeah and Rashawn Evans a guy that a couple weeks or months ago I said was better than Reuben Foster Turns out I'm going to be right about that. He's, he's, <laughs> I mean, I don't know what he could possibly do to have a worse career than Ruben Foster. Uh, I don't know either. Thanks for oh, making me sad now that my my day is almost over. <laughs> Man, I, I love Rashawn Evans. The Titans lost Avery Williamson in free agency, and I think you you plug and play Evans. That key pick would be, um, you know, a big balls endorsement from Mike Rabel saying, this guy has first-round talent, and I'm going to get it out of him. That would really be something. Yeah, it would be. He'd be a fun fit. All right, here's one twenty six. The Atlanta Falcons and I, when we were doing this, I told you guys like this is one I keep hearing, and I'm hearing it so much that it's hard not to do it. Taven Bryan, the defensive lineman from Florida, a guy who's a little bit of a traits based prospect, not so much a numbers guy, but his first step is damn good. I mean, he's a very good athlete and would give them some interior pass rush. Yeah, he fits that old Seahawks defense that they're running yep. now in Atlanta, and he can do it. He just feels like the classic second rounder that we know is going in the first this year. That's what Taven Bryan feels like. I think he really doesn't have much of an idea of what he's doing yet on the field, play after play, but the athleticism and natural talent is so promising for a guy that hasn't been playing too long that you sit there and say, okay, by the time I mold this guy year two, he's going to be a top 15 player from this draft, so I'll take him in the back end of round one and deal with the process right now. And the Falcons aren't afraid to do that, take a guy that Not they can at all. get Keanu their hands Neal. on him. Yep. Uh, am I brain dead or did he, he got invited to the draft, right? Taven Bryan? I, I think. don't know. That's usually a pretty good sign that you're going first. We're going to have so. a chance to talk to him, too, in a couple. Uh, draft week, I believe he will be joining Stick to Football, which Look should be that. a lot of fun. I don't even know. I know who we're talking to Tuesday. That's as far out as I know what we're doing. Yeah. All right. Uh, 27 New Orleans Saints. This is where we have Vita Vea going. And 
this is weird because I think he's in my top 15 players that I've graded and, but he falls every time we do a mock draft, because I, I think that it's hard to look at a guy like that and say, where's his value? Because he's kind of a two down guy mm-hmm. and he's really good on those two downs, but just finding a fit for him. if it's not the chargers at 17 and if it's not Atlanta at 26, I don't know where to put him. The saints do need some beef in the middle. They, they, the run defense hasn't been great there. They've added a lot of speed to that defense, so now they have kind of that space eater in the middle. Right, and you've compared him to Haloti Nata a lot. He's just a big athletic guy. He can eat space, dominating in the run game, but probably a two-down player. Yeah, yeah. I mean, look at this Saints team. They have a ton of riches, so you, you're fortunate enough to be able to take a guy like Vea at 27, a guy that he really is kind of like Dalvin Tomlinson without the significant knee injury pass. That, this would have been Dalvin Tomlinson's sweet spot last year, but the knee injury scared away teams. So that kind of two-down presence, it still matters in today's game that's slowly gravitating back towards power rushing at times. Yeah, that's Melo's uh, conspiracy theory that that's actually right. came true. As, so, yeah. <laughs> no, I've been saying it for two years. Uh, so, And the Saints could also go quarterback. I, I think that's something that has to be talked about. I don't know if they, they really like Taysom Hill as much as they tell everyone they do. God, I don't see how they could. I know. He's great on special teams. <laughs> right on. Kyle Lalletta, step on down. Yeah, right. All right, 28 <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers. This is where we put James Daniels. Uh, love the guy. He's so smooth. Can play guard, can play center, uh, either spot. I think at Pittsburgh, you can plug him in at guard, and then he's your future at center uh, for, for when Marquise Pouncey uh, is done, which, you know, if it's like his brother, that might be sooner than later. So I just I think Daniels somehow still gets in the first round a little bit smaller, but his movement skills are so special. And he doesn't have to worry about a uniform change. It's pretty much just the same damn thing. (laughs) That's going to be the easiest Photoshop ever for people. (laughs) (laughs) That's a great point. Listen, he can play guard. He can play center. It's that versatility gets you into the first round when you're that kind of athlete. All right. Twenty nine Jacksonville Jaguars. This is, again, I say it every damn week, a hard team to predict because they don't have many needs. One need I see for them is that third corner spot with Aaron Colvin leaving a free agency. So we met Jair Alexander, corner from Louisville. I I like him so much more now that I've had time to like fully process him than we went in season to watch him against Clemson and he was hurt. So we didn't get to see him. It's always weird. That leaves like a sour taste in your mouth of like, oh, yeah, like, when you go to watch a guy and you can't remember seeing him, yeah. even if he was hurt, it's, it yeah. hurts to stop. It does. And then you're not a senior, so we don't see it at the senior bowl. So then April comes around and it's time to put grades on guys and you start watching them again. And you're like, fuck, he's actually really good. And it was really good in 2016 as well. I think he's a first rounder. Uh, would love him here in the slot, can press, has the speed to run with guys too. And like you said, surprisingly, Jacksonville doesn't have a lot of needs, so they can go take a third corner or somebody else to just add depth. Yep. And, and his attitude fits that Jalen Ramsey, A.J. Boye, you know, Dante Fowler type, confident, just so confident, so aggressive, so physical. Nobody would want to play Jacksonville if they got this guy in the slot. That secondary is as dangerous as we have ever seen with if they had those three. Yeah, I think one other spot that Jacksonville could go is linebacker if someone were to fall because – uh, I don't know how they feel about Blair Brown. I actually liked him coming out of UCLA last year, but I mean, he was a fifth-round pick for a reason. And uh, replacing uh, Pozlesny in the middle is going to be something that they're going to have to figure out how to do. So Yeah, if the it, Titans don't take Evans, that's a spot where he could yeah. possibly fall and they'd scoop him up. Did I say UCLA? I'm in Ohio. There, I wasn't listening. I, I, yep, I'm, in, I'm in Ohio. Someone will we'll get a bad iTunes review, so yep. I'm going to get that right. All right, Minnesota Vikings at 30. Will Hernandez. 
He's going to have to get a longer jersey for the cold up there, but I think this or just, does he? Yeah. yeah, I don't think he will. <laughs> I man, put him at left guard with an elf line at center, and I, we keep going interior offensive line for them. And Hernandez, I know he's not the smartest dude in the room, and he's not the tallest dude in the room, but he's probably the toughest fucker in that room. Yeah, he's just a mauler. Oh, he's a grizzly yeah. bear. Yep. So I would love to see him in the middle of that line. Especially who would you what? rather? Yeah, who would you rather fight, him or Quentin Nelson? Oh, I'm gonna. AK, who would you rather die by <laughs> the hands of? <laughs> I, I would rather fight Quentin Nelson just because I can look at Will Hernandez and get scared. Like That's just the point. way that he looks in pads, <laughs> he's terrifying. I wouldn't want to fight either of them. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. If I, if I have that choice, that's what I'm taking. Yeah. yeah you're, just, you're dying either way. I'm gonna, I'll kill myself. It doesn't <laughs> be easier. Yeah. Uh, the mountain in the mountain too. <laughs> All right. Thirty-one. New England Patriots. This is where Melo's boy Mason Rudolph comes off the board. This it, our Patriots picks just make too much sense. It's it, they had to get the the left tackle. They get Colt Miller. They need a QB two. They get Mason Rudolph. The only other thing I could see happening would be like if they think they can get Kyle Laletta with one of those uh, two second round picks that they have. But gosh, I, like forty three is way too early to take him, and he might not be there at sixty three. So it's a little bit of a risk. But I think they could just do this, do it at the end of round once so you get five years with the guy. Which right. we just saw with Garoppolo. Right. They wish they had had five years with him. So you lock up Rudolph. And I, I do think their scheme is one that he's a good fit for. Yeah, and that's what I was going to mention, too. You want to take him at the back end of round one so you get that fifth year. And he's got some holes in his game, but he can sit behind Tom Brady for a year or two and develop. And then he's just golden. He's on that Patriots staff. He's good. I, I hate Mason Rudolph in round one, but <laughs> if this is the place, if this is the place that it, it feels like it's going to happen, so I'm not going to fight it. And if he goes to New right. England, it's like, hey, asshole, here's why you were wrong about Mason Rudolph. Yay. Like, yeah. As he throws his fifth touchdown against the Jets at MetLife <laughs> on Thanksgiving. <laughs> well, uh, all right. Let's close this out. Philadelphia Eagles at 32. Uh, I've said this on Twitter. I've said it on every show we do. This is the hardest team for me to pick because they just don't have many needs. So we want receiver DJ Shark. Speed down the field, I think, is super important for them. Uh, we do like, obviously, like Nelson Aguilar, love Alshon Jeffrey. I like Mac Hollins, but probably more as a fourth receiver than a third. Put Shark in there as your third. Uh, he could play on the outside, keep Aguilar in the slot, and let's see what Carson Wentz can do with oh, that yeah. big arm. He takes the top off the defense, and he's going to open up everything underneath for their other targets. Yeah, Ertz and Alshon. Alshon rests me fucking slants. If he was stretching his fields for days. Yeah. Yeah, I love DJ Chark. I think he's going to be way more productive at the next level than he was in college. He's got the height, the speed. He had no quarterback help. He was open over the top all the time. The quarterback just couldn't get him the ball. So you go to Philadelphia with Wentz. God, that offense would be even more fun than it was last year. Yeah, that's that's our mock draft. That was fun. Um, Maybe we should talk about what we have going on the next week because the draft is uh, we're 10 days out as we're sitting here recording. My life is insane right now. I'm living by a Google calendar. So mock draft Monday and then Wednesday morning, we'll have an episode of the podcast. Connor and I will be joined by Charlie Uke, who runs the NFL draft video stuff for NFL Network. Hopefully he's going to tell us some of the plans that they have, how they're going to compete with ESPN and and everything with now everybody's like going to networks. So it's going to be a lot of fun to listen to them uh, fight for the next five years while we sit here at Bleacher Report and don't have to worry about it. And we'll obviously break down all the news, rumors, answer your draft on draft questions. Then Friday morning, Mello and I will be on the show. Um, we have a special show plan that I can't talk about, but it's going to be fun. <laughs> Ooh. Yeah. Some prizes. Some, yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, I like it. It's going to be fun. Uh, you and definitely want to listen. You, know it, you guys will be here. 
Yeah, and then and then I turn around and fly up there. So it's gonna be fun. But we have a ton of stuff coming out. Make sure you do download that BR app, subscribe to the NFL Draft Channel, and you'll get all this. You can subscribe to Stick to Football right in there. Get on Apple Podcast because Draft Week. Connor, how many shows do we have Draft Week? I don't even know because uh, I'm afraid. Five, I think five. Okay, and, and then <laughs> we're on Facebook Live all day Saturday. You're on Thursday through Saturday, uh, and oh then I'm going God. to go to I'm going to go to sleep for six days after. Uh, starting Sunday. So I'm, I'm like, I'm Bill Belichicking this draft where I don't actually know my schedule because I, I just, I'm worried about tomorrow. Like I'm, I'm worried about the, One what I have to do tomorrow, and then We're I'll, on to tomorrow. then I'll look. And it is going to be fun. Um, we are putting out more draft content this year than we've ever done in my time at Bleacher Report. So hopefully you guys get behind it. Hopefully you uh, enjoy it and keep coming back because we'll have a ton of uh, content for you. But also we're going to have some fun. Thanks for hanging out with us. Hopefully you enjoyed the mock draft. Unless you're a Bears fan, hopefully you heard us do your pick. We'll talk to you guys later.